Hey, everybody. I'm Kelly Ellers. I'm Jeffrey Lunnan. And this is Volume Up by the Tees. All right, Jeffrey, spring is sprung. What is happening in your neck of the woods? Uh, you know, flowers, stuff, <laughs> warm weather, all of the good things that you you hope for. Um, I'm getting the urge to grow my hair very, very slightly. Ooh. I'm Ooh. obsessed with the mullet that we keep talking about yeah. on all of our episodes and maybe going blonde. That's what I'm, I'm up to these days. You right, keep like getting it. lighter, so I feel like I should get lighter too. Yeah, I don't think I've been this light in a long time, but I'm going to keep going, you know, see what it looks like. <laughs> Lightening up for spring, groundbreaking. Yeah. We're right. doing it, damn it. <laughs> in the words of Miranda Priestley. I mean, speaking of groundbreaking, if you liked our interview with Mike Vandible, make sure to subscribe, rate and review and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube and TikTok at Read the Tease and send in questions to volume up at thetease.com. But before we get there, we have so much to talk about. So to get us started. Amazon. How many packages do you have in the queue right now? How many things Oof. are coming? How many things are hitting your yeah. doorstep daily? I mean, I'm not going to lie. Like, almost as you said that, the Amazon <laughs> guy just walked by my window. <laughs> so it turns out there's at least one package in the queue. Um, you know, I love I love and hate Amazon, right? I want to yeah. support, support small businesses. Yep. I, I very, very much want to support small businesses. And then on the other hand, it's also very, very convenient for, you know, for example, when you need red feathers for your son's mm-hmm. uh geography fair trifold board the next mm-hmm. day sure. arrives the feathers so what about you i mean i am also all about small business but i don't really want to leave my house because i'm mm-hmm. freaked out still i'm not fully fully vaccinated okay. uh, so i've been leaning on amazon probably more than i'd like to uh definitely more but like yeah i mean the convenience of being able to find exactly what you need versus going somewhere and hoping that they've got it. Cause I'm not checking online to see if they've got it in stock before I go, which I guess could save time. Yeah. I mean, like I'm, I'm guilty of it. I don't maybe mm-hmm. have a ton of things, but I go on like binges where yeah. I like go a couple of weeks, don't buy anything. And then I bunch of, a bunch of stuff and then a couple of weeks and nothing. And then, you know, and then I have like a, a mountain of Amazon boxes <laughs> for myself that makes me feel like shit. The one business idea I'm going to throw out there for some podcast listener, because I don't have time to do this, but why hasn't Amazon figured out a sort of system to recycle the boxes? Now, we yes, you can personally recycle them, but why is there not an Amazon drop-off box place, right? It's, a, it's I mean, that somebody should create this business and parallel path it to Amazon because <laughs> I feel like the right? Jeff and, and the team have got it in the queue for themselves, but yeah, you know, maybe sure. they don't, in which case jump to it and get on that. And you guys can <laughs> thank us. Um, no, that's genius. They've been better about like the eco friendly yeah. packaging, but still, I mean, it's all garbage. It's coming on a big truck and you know, all of that stuff. Wouldn't it be interesting to see like pre pandemic or even like pre-Amazon, like they've got to track this, like the amount of cardboard that gets recycled then versus now and like the Amazon effect of recycling and cardboard. I mean, somebody's got to be tracking that. I would imagine so. Uh, We should look into that and follow up on a future episode. 
Speaking of the impact, I mean, Amazon is obviously beyond just the website and ordering things that you need or maybe just want and need Mm -hmm. to have them because you want them. Uh, Obviously, they purchased Whole Foods here in the U.S. uh, And so now if you're a Prime member, you get a discount, although that discount is worthless. Just putting it out there. Uh, 10%. Come on. Like, what are we doing? Um, But they've sort of slowly worked their way into a bunch of facets of our lives. they famously bankrupted uh, small bookstores throughout the U.S. And now they have their own bookstores where you can shop in store and, you know, scan things and it links to your account and all that stuff. We hear that something else is in the works. No, um, Amazon has done the unthinkable, unimaginable, uh, and is experimenting with a salon concept in the U.K. Uh, and we're going to talk about that. Because uh, I know you've got feelings on it, Kelly. Um, we all probably do. But in case you haven't heard, Amazon's bringing high tech to hair care with its first ever London-based salon concept, which they're referring to as an experiment, quote unquote. I'm going to read now from the BBC an article that really breaks down the specifics of what this is going to look like. We've also covered it on the tease.com, which we encourage you to take a look at. It's a little bit more detailed, but I feel like for everybody that's just coming here, hearing about this for the first time, uh, the BBC article is going to be the best bet to understand sort of what we're talking about here. And we'll link to it within the show notes for everybody. Uh, So as we said, Amazon is launching its first ever high-tech hair salon. The salon, which is located in Spitalfields... East London, LOL, my accent's there. It's going to have augmented reality mirrors showing clients different colors and styles before they actually have treatments. So that's an interesting thing there. The venue will have magazines loaded onto tablets for browsing, COVID safe, we love that. Traditional services, cuts, blow dries, and color treatments will be available. uh, And it will be staffed by independent hairstylists uh, from the London salon that is called Neville Hair and Beauty. Customers will be able to scan QR codes for hair products and buy them through Amazon, just like they do in the stores uh, that we mentioned here in the States for books and other random odds and ends. Amazon says, we've designed the salon for customers to come and experience some of the best technology, hair care products, and stylists in the industry. We want this unique venue to bring us one step closer to customers, and it will be a place where we can collaborate with the industry and test new technologies. Amazon says the venture is experimental and has no current plans to expand. So that means for now, it is not headed over here across the pond to the States. Kelly, what do you think about this? Uh, Should Amazon be doing this at all? Um, And do you believe them when they say that they don't have plans to expand for now? Let's talk about it. You got it. So I, I do have some feelings on this. Um, you know, growing <laughs> up, <laughs> growing up, you know, my mom being a small business owner, and you know, you know, I, I'm a little averse to like the big giants coming into the industry. Well, maybe more mm-hmm. than a little, like a lot. Let's say a lot, <laughs> um, because I know that you know them coming in represents you know potential job loss for mm-hmm. people in the industry that we love. So um, I'm not here for it to be honest. (laughs) Um, What I do like is, you know, I like the thought of the the technology. I mean, I could never see myself walking into a place that says Amazon on it and and trusting them uh, with my hair color. And that's not, not to say anything bad against the stylists who are there. I just don't think we, we need them in the industry. And, you know, here's the other thing with this whole test and learn, you know, we know that Amazon's been trying to penetrate the salon pro space and, and they've done a fairly good job at it um, from an e-com perspective, but, 
you know, what I would assume is that this is a big data grab um, for them uh, to learn the professional service industry, to learn the behaviors, the buying patterns, uh, the frequency of services, to be able to go back to the large manufacturers and persuade them to do more business with them. So that's my hot take on that. I mean, what's your thought? Uh, I mean, I'm skeptical, certainly. I think the model that they've pursued elsewhere has been super aggressive, and we've seen what's happened to small businesses uh, in the States here as Amazon has expanded. Uh, We talked about it. It's sort of a necessary evil. This might not be so necessary, though, which is probably why they're framing this as the test. I I have the same worries that you do. Um, And I think like the timing is a little bit suspect, uh, particularly in the UK, noting how difficult the shutdown was there for uh, stylists and barbers. Like this seems a little bit crass on Amazon's part, but you know, I mean, to each their own, I guess this is global capitalism at work. Curious, genuinely curious as to whether or not they're going to pursue this in the States, but I don't share confidence that they're going to not come this way. Yeah. I mean, so, here's here's the deal. If they figure out it's profitable, they're going to pursue it. There's mm-hmm. how many hundreds of thousands of salons and millions of stylists. So it's definitely an industry that's, you know, slightly recession proof, if you will. I mean, mm-hmm. we still will get our hair done. It's not something that you, you know, once you have this pattern of behavior of, of visiting your stylist every X months, um, it's not something that's going to go away. Um, so business wise, it's probably a smart move on Amazon's part to be able to dive in and learn more about the industry that they're trying to get into. But yeah, I, I, I don't like what it represents for our industry. And now we want to know what you guys think. I mean, listeners, please tell us, like, what would you say if Amazon were coming to your town? Uh, We want to hear from you guys. So, you know, let us know in the comments, send us emails, DM us, get at us so that we can hear your thoughts and and share with everybody um, the industry's response to Amazon coming to to the UK and potentially to the US. Yes. I mean, I would love to hear anyone's thoughts on this. Um, So, you know, we're always always watching the inbox. So... (laughs) I mean, send us an email. Uh, We'll check it out. We will. And just like Amazon, going after new and different markets, Mm -hmm. our editorial team has been hard at work on thetease.com, uncovering industry news like what Amazon is up to. We've covered that extensively on the site, um, as well as brands that you don't know, but you should, new hires, exciting stuff that's happening. Uh, So we're going to run through some of our favorite headlines from thetease.com this week. Kelly, what are you reading on thetease.com right now? Yeah. So first up, I want to give a big shout out to John Costanza, who is a friend of the T's um, and a wonderful colleague to work with. He just landed a new CEO role over at Beauty Industry Group and will be leading the charge over at Hair Talk Extension. So, all right. We see you, John. Way to go. Yeah. Congrats. Uh, Yeah, that article details all of it, um, including some fun quotes from him and some others at the Beauty Industry Group. So highly recommend that piece. Something that I'm interested in is a little bit trivial. We talked about going lighter at the top of this podcast. Yes. Uh, someone has done it. And that someone is Selena Gomez with the help of the famous 901 salon, uh, Rihanna and Nikki Lee have made Selena Gomez blonde again. Uh, famously, she'd been blonde a couple of years back. Blonde Selena is back. They did it with Joyco product. I'm now just wanting to like bleach the crap out of my hair. Um, so kudos. If you want to know more about all of that, go to the tease.com, read that article, uh, and then go stalk her Instagram. Cause the blonde's really good this time. 
I love it. And speaking of bleaching your hair, you got to be careful <laughs> with the breakage, man, right? Mm-hmm. In fact, our friends over at L'Oreal Professional are launching a new line and they think, they say they know it's time to break, break up with your breakage. So, you know, healthy hair actually does have a lot of metals in it. Do you ever really think about that? Like the metal from the water, the metal from air or pollution, it actually gets into your hair. Because it's of course, good. I don't want to think about it, but no, I'm glad that they've got <laughs> products to do something about that. Damn it. When the metals are inside your hair and you mix it with hair color and lightning oxidants, a negative chemical reaction occurs that leads to breakage and in turn, unpredictable results. So Metal Detox is a brand spanking new innovation from L'Oreal Professional. They're saying that it's 87% less breakage and 100% reliable color results. So um, it happens to be in our Hello Salon Pro April box as a takeover with everything you're going to need to add on that metal detox service um, to your services. So head over to the tees.com, check it out um, and order your box to see what it's all about. Love that. I might be buying one of those myself. Right? <laughs> uh, so <laughs> good news. Last article that I'm obsessed with on the tees.com right now is about TikTok. Uh, so I have been getting into TikTok for some work that we're doing. Um, and I'm always on the lookout for new and different stuff. Uh, one of the articles is 10 hilarious TikToks that every beauty lover will appreciate. If you're listening to this podcast, that's probably you. You should go to the tease.com, click on the article, watch the videos, laugh yourself uh, through your lunch break or wherever you're accessing from. Um, and you can thank us later. I love it. Do, who do, who's your favorite to follow on TikTok? Let's hear it. I don't. I mean, I feel like it's the rabbit hole. I mean, now we're going to go off on a tangent. I'm, <laughs> I don't have a specific TikToker, as it were, that okay. I'm into. Okay. Um, I like the weirder. I like a fall. I like respond. Yeah, you know, um, <laughs> come back to me on on <laughs> a specific right. user. But Let's I like them back all. In. Yep. Check yep. back in. So as always, so much going on at thetease.com. Thank you to our hardworking editors. We're proud to publish the stories that salon pros and consumers care about. Next up, we're bringing back Nikki Wright, stylist, salon owner, coach, and host of the Beauty Superstar Talk. Nikki started her podcast in May of 2020 after the killing of George Floyd out of the necessity to have more conversations around race in the beauty industry. This May, Mickey's programming a whole month to take a look back at what this year has looked like, changes that have been positive, and the abundance of work that is yet to be done to support equality in our industry. We will be supporting, promoting, and sharing Mickey's podcast as part of our mission to elevate important conversations. Hey, everybody. We are here on the Volume Up podcast with our incredible co-host, guest, all of the things, Mickey Wright. We've had her as a guest on the, the podcast before. She is a multi-hyphenate for sure. Um, and one of the things that she's got in that multi-hyphenate title is podcast host. Uh, she is the podcast host of an incredible series of the beauty superstars. Uh, we are so thrilled that she's here again with us. Mickey, please give everybody a warm welcome. Let them know what you're up to these days. We'd love to, to kick off our, our chat with you today. Sure. Well, thanks so much for having me back, Jeffrey. I'm super excited to be here. Um, With Beauty Superstars Talk, I guess I can tell you about myself as well, but it's like I'm a salon business coach. I uh, help hairstylists and salon owners to get more clients and make more money. And I also help Mm -hmm. with uh, 
hiring piece and developing them into leaders as well in terms of growing and scaling their business. And I've had a very diverse career, as you mentioned, and as we talked about last time, but um, I mm-hmm. am a hairstylist, you know, award-winning hairstylist and salon owner, one of the first African-American owners of a full-service salon and day spa in the country. And I've been an educator for probably a good portion, if not most of my career. And so I've been around a lot. I've seen a lot. I've experienced Mm -hmm. a lot. And I've helped a lot of other people through my coaching, um, as well as met a lot of people throughout the, my industry career. And so with Beauty Superstars Talk, we are launching into May and the topic is called Beauty Diversity Revisited. And we are going to go into where are we now? You know, I, I wrote a little bit, so I'll share that with you. But on May 25th of 2020, George Floyd was murdered right before our eyes. Um, he was certainly not the first, but for our country and the world, it seemed to be like a tipping point and an uproar that could be heard worldwide, um, quickly ignited with protest and calls for reform and justice. And, you know, as we know, it's like we've just uh, been able to experience the trial and conviction on all three counts of Derek Chauvin. And so, you know, going back to 2020, shortly after all of the eruption in the world, it kind of spilled into the beauty industry. Um, The industry is, you know, kind of longstanding, been very segregated, Um, you know, black salons over here, white salons over there. And um, the beauty industry was really called the task for creating more diversity, um, creating more inclusion and equity for black artists and entrepreneurs in the industry. And so this May, um, we're going to spend the entire month um, talking with, um, I actually have seven guests this, this month, which I usually have four or five, maybe, maybe six. And so we're stretching it because there are really some great conversations that I want to have with a lot of people who are in a variety of different areas of our industry. Um, Last year, I wrote an article um, that just asked, you know, do Black stylists really matter in the beauty industry? And I kind of went into every aspect of the the industry, you know, the behind the scenes, the trade shows, the schools, the salons, just about everything you can think of in beauty and, you know, said, if we did matter, this is what it might look like. And um, so this year, we want to kind of take a a step back, a step ahead, maybe, and just kind of look to see, you know, how is the beauty industry doing a year later? And such important conversations that you're going to be having, we don't want to steal any of the shine. Those are going to be very, very important topics that everybody's got to listen to. But we do want to pick your brain a little bit about your thoughts on a year after. Um, We just obviously heard the verdict that was announced um, Derek Chauvin, thankfully, was convicted in all three counts. Um, re the George Floyd murder, murder. Excuse me. Um, how are you feeling about the beauty industry a year after the fact? We're now here. How are you feeling about progress? Has there been enough? Well, I, I definitely think there's been some, and and so we have to applaud and and say thank you to you know the efforts that are being made. Um, I think anytime that there is some type of uprising, that there is. Um, everyone wants to show up, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> and that was actually, you know, a, a lot of how it, you know, how it actually erupted into the beauty industry because a lot of, um, there was a blackout day last year and, you know, where everyone was asked mm-hmm. to put the, you know, just black on their social media and not post anything else. And a lot of the brands, vendors, social media platforms, et cetera, 
um, said, you know, we're blacking out, we're standing with you. And many of us in the industry were like standing with us, like since when, you know? And so, you know, there has been a show from certain um, platforms, I guess you could say, of, you know, making progress. And for some, I think it's always, you know, not always, but usually when there's like an uprising, there's, you know, the the token experiences, you know, it's like, oh, we'll put up something, we'll do this, we'll do that type of thing. But um, I think there's definitely still a long way to go. I'm anxious to talk to my guests because they're a little bit more boots on the ground in their specific areas. So we'll really get to really dive into, you know, where things have been, where things are right now and where they feel like they should go. Related to your upcoming series, what can listeners expect? So you sort of tease that you've got seven guests, you tend not to have as many, you're jam-packing folks in, there's really important, significant combos that we are expecting. What can our listeners sort of expect to hear from the podcast? Well, my very first interview will be with Fatima Ampi, and she is a Naha Award winner. And she um, actually had one of those really candid interviews with Ger Gerard with Hairbrained early on. It was very emotional, very raw, very um, upset, you know, that she's, you know, basically done everything, um, you know, better, faster, and everything, proved herself over and over again, and still doesn't get the opportunities. And so, one of the unique things about Fatima and her story is that she actually lives and has her salon in Minneapolis where George Floyd was murdered. All of that, she lives right in that area and works right in that area. And so she has had a tremendous year. So all of us, you know, during that time, if you, you know, remember back, um, we were getting out of lockdown from COVID during that time, then George Floyd was murdered and with the riots, just as she's getting ready to reopen, her salon was destroyed. You know, all of us have experienced, you know, being down, being on lockdown, not being able to generate an income. Um, then, you know, this erupts and, you know, it's, it's emotional, you know, it's very emotional for all of us, but being right there, like in the front, you know, I, I named her um, Salon Survival at Ground Zero. I mean, she's just been right in yeah. the heart of it. Um, she sent pictures or images, a few days ago, you know, where there's been, you know, armored trucks and military police with, you know, AK-47s right outside her salon. Fortunately, she's, you know, been able to reopen, but we, I mean, I just want to dive into all of those things with her. And it's, it's been a really, really harrowing year for her. And um, then Crystal Wright, um, she is, she basically wrote the book on succeeding as a hair and fashion makeup freelancer. And she was a, an agent um, who booked, you know, talent for, you know, beauty, fashion um, and entertainment for about 20 years. She has a really, you know, backstage insider view of what has been going on the last 20 to 30 years in the industries behind the scenes. And so, and she still coaches um, many of the top names that you know in um, makeup artists and hairstylists who are working behind the scenes, you know, right now today. And so we'll get a lot of her perspective, you know, from her experience. She's in our legend series. And so I'm super excited to talk with her and she's never short on words and things to, <laughs> to say to, um, you know, encourage, but also, you know, bring the truth. 
Then we move on to Weldon Bond, which, you know, he's a little bit more behind the scenes, um, but he's been, he's the son of a hairstylist. So he's been around the industry all the time, you know, his whole life. Um, he is a photographer by trade and has started the Black Beauty Expo, I think in 2009. And um, he's very much, you know, we don't necessarily need a seat at the table. It might be nice, but let's create our own. And our so, own. yeah, he's, he's, he's Black Beauty. That's his, his um, business name with the Black Beauty Expo, the Black Beauty Magazine, and he's Black Beauty 365. And so we are gonna <laughs> dive he's, in. He, he's really, he has created his own table. Yeah, <laughs> Events, outlet. I mean, that, the Black Beauty Expo is, is awesome. So, you know, kudos to him. That's going to be a great one. Yeah. And so, you know, he's definitely very pro entrepreneurship, you know, whatever, you know, you're thinking about whatever you're doing, it's like, think about owning your own business. And so it'll definitely be great to, to have that conversation with them. And then Corinne Corbett, who's someone that I've just recently met, I actually was on her podcast um, that came out yesterday. So it was quite exciting, but um, she has been in the beauty industry as an editor She's worked as editor-in-chief with Elle magazine and beauty editor for um, both that um, Essence magazine. She's got a long list of, of being in that role where you're making the decisions, but you're not making them alone. And so who gets selected as models, who gets selected as photographers, who gets selected to be on the cover, those types of things. We're going to dig in and she's definitely an advocate for multicultural, you know, beauty advancement or true advocate for um, advancing Black, you know, beauty and Black um, faces, entrepreneurs, folks behind the scenes. And so it'll be very interesting because, you know, for me anyway, um, you know, Crystal's experience as an agent and Corinne's experience as an editor aren't even careers that I even thought about like, oh, you know, I could grow up and be a, you know, an editor or an agent or something. And so it'll be really interesting just to explore, you know, what are those positions even like, you know, and how do you get into them? Then I've got Jalea Pettis. She is one of the hottest uh, makeup artists and uh, hairstylist in editorial right now. And she's doing amazing things. And every single day, she's making sure that other Black people get a, an open door, that we get paid equitably, that we get recognition, that we get our credits, you know, to be able to lead to better jobs and more jobs. And so... She also, you know, everyone has probably heard about Dante Wright, um, young, I think he was 20 or so, um, young man, you know, just shot, killed, murdered by a police officer. And she has two sons. I think one is 19 and one is 21. And just her, you know, she'll share her experience as a mom and, you know, wondering if her kids are going to be killed when they go out the door. And so we'll have, we'll have some, you know, very, very riveting things. And then um, Jessica Kidd will join me. Uh, she is my first person who's returning back from last year. Um, she started Black Colors Matter, which is on Instagram. And she curates just amazing color that's being done by Black colorists. And she, as, as a colorist herself in Maryland, and she kept seeing amazing color work by Black stylists, but she could never find them on the, the pro-beauty social media platforms. And so she started her own. And so she's very close to the subject, um, you know, being a hairstylist, being a salon owner. 
as well as a colorist. And, um, and we actually spoke last year about, um, and actually her Wella rep came on as well and joined us. She's a Wella salon and, you know, just shared, you know, as a rep coming into the industry, the differences between salons, you know, with um, many white salons, it's like they will buy a full package of product, a full back bar, and they get in exchange for that free education, free back bar products, free this, free that. As black salons, a lot of times we don't even know that this exists and no one is telling us, you know, and so it was great to hear from not only her as the salon owner, but also for her rep, who's really committed to making sure that we get equi equitable treatment when it comes to salons. And, wow. you know, there's <laughs> so many pieces, you know, and especially Ooh. with coloring black hair, right. you know, and there isn't really black hair, but uh, highly textured hair, hair that's on people of African descent. Um, it's very tricky. You know, it's like we've, we'd, naturally is dark. So there's a lot of warmth to combat, um, to get really nice colors. And there's also the fact that it tends to be drier and curlier. And so keeping the health of the hair while getting these great colors is just, I mean, it's mind blowing. You know, I'm, I'm a black stylist and I'm, I've been a colorist, you know, I, I don't call myself a colorist because I don't love doing corrective color, but I am trained to be able to do corrective color. And so I know what it takes to get great color, to repair, you know, great color, what color when not applied well can do to killing the hair, you know? Right, <laughs> and right, so right. the things that we're seeing right now today are phenomenal and they're under-recognized. So we're excited to kind of come back a year later and see what's happened because little conversations we've had, you know, it sounds like people, she's gained a lot of attraction from brands and people wanting to support sure. Black Colorist Matter, as well as, you know, just seeing, you know, what is she hearing from the colorist, from the color companies and what's being advanced there. How did you whittle down the names of the lucky seven <laughs> that are going to be on the pod? <laughs> yeah, it, it wasn't necessarily easy, but in some ways it was because it's like, mm -hmm. I really want these conversations to be very raw and very real and, you know, no, maybe emotional as well, but these people that I have coming on, it's like, they're very comfortable in their um, commitment to advancing Black artistry, Black entrepreneurship, and, you know, and the beauty industry. You know, it's like, we love the beauty industry. And it's just kind mm -hmm. of a shame that we're, you know, like this little subsection. And so there's, there's so much to, um, to explore. And um, my last guest will be Dominique Lunn, who produces the uh, Hair in Motion magazine. Uh, it's been around for uh, for years, I don't know the exact mm -hmm. date that it started, but it's like the industry's only multicultural magazine. And he has some, you know, experiences that he's had, unfortunately, with trying to get, you know, more exposure and trying to get more, um, you know, more, what do you call it, distribution for the magazine and running into different roadblocks. But I, I selected, you were asking Kelly how, how I selected them. It's like, I think during that time, you know, with George, George Floyd's murder kind of being that tipping point, um, it felt like it was for him, you know, from seeing his post and having some brief conversations um, that, you know, he not only is a hairstylist, you know, and not only has put together his magazine that's been out for years doing hair shows, 
you know, to support the magazine and the hairstylist. Um, but he's a veteran. It's like he served in our military um, for this country. And I think um, if I'm getting it correctly, I think he served three tours in Iraq. And he was very just disappointed that he spent so much of his life serving this country and that there's so little respect for him as a black man and him in the beauty industry. And so we're just gonna go in and have these conversations. I don't wanna have it for them because I don't know enough of their stories, which is why I love doing the podcast because we get to, I get to hear it from them and the listeners get to hear it from them and, and really, you know, dive into, you know, not only things that we want changed, but how it affects us as well. The podcast guests are going to tell their stories, as you just said, um, and we can't wait to hear those. Um, we are interested in hearing a little bit about your story, though. I mean, you are organizing this. It's a year later. Um, we did just have an important verdict uh, a few days ago, followed by some devastating news as regards Makia Bryant out of Columbus, Ohio. Uh, so like highs and lows, immediate almost these days, it seems. Um, so how are you feeling um, with this ongoing context a year later? in the sort of ramp up to this incredible series that you've got planned? I try to remain hopeful. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't always feel hopeful, unfortunately. Um, I actually did, um, I was asked to do a guest blog with Nina Tulio, who is, I think it's in one salon or in one agency. And, um, you know, she sent me a series of questions for me to write on. And the first one was like, you know, you've been in the industry more than 20 years. What changes have you seen in terms of racial, you know, our industry? And I was like, I haven't really seen any changes, and which is really sad. When I really stopped and thought about it, it's like, wow, it's like, you know, I exist. I keep going. I keep moving. I'm doing the things that I'm doing. Everybody, you know, that I'm interviewing is doing amazing things in the industry, despite, you know, any setbacks, holdbacks, obstacles, or what have you. For me, last year, during, you know, with George Floyd's murder, and it it was just, you know, where I didn't have words. It's like I had so much sadness and so much anger all at the same time that I was just kind of a big ball of something. (laughs) And I didn't have anything to say. I guess you could tell me maybe <laughs> unusual for me, but, um, <laughs> but I, when everything started moving into the beauty industry and it was like, this is so upsetting. Some of the conversations and things that I was seeing, um, you know, that, you know, it's like, oh, well, we see you, we hear you, we want to support you. How can we do that? And it's like, we've been here all the time, you know, <laughs> it's like, we're hidden in plain sight, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. you kind of can't miss us, you know? <laughs> and so, you know, as a leader in the industry for many years, um, I was just like, okay, I have to say something. I have to gather myself together and say something. And it may not be popular. It may not be whatever, but I just have to say something. And, and actually, you know, for anyone who doesn't know, it's like, that's how the show was born. Mm-hmm. Um, the Beauty Superstars Talk show was born out of George Floyd's murder. And during COVID, uh, I was actually connected with Ted Gibson. We were working on some things with Worth Up, actually. I hadn't really launched yet, but we were working on Worth Up. So get that hashtag going. Um, mm-hmm. And he was actually feeling very similar to the way I was feeling. And so I was like, you know, as leaders in the industry, we need to have this conversation and have it so people can hear and and see what we're feeling. 
so we did. He was my first guest for the show, which was great. And it's still a wonderful interview. Um, if anybody wants to take a look at it, it was that it was being on several calls, actually uh, Zoom calls that were a lot of Black artists and entrepreneurs that were getting together to, you know, uh, meet each other, to express, you know, how everyone was feeling, experiences that they had had, you know, whether they were, you know, kind of in the marginalization kind of you know, not so severe type of thing to outright discrimination. Mm -hmm. And what I left with was just super being super inspired by everyone's story, because we have people who are excelling in film and television that are behind the scenes with editorial that have beauty schools that have, you know, salons that are rocking there. I mean, there's just so much greatness in our industry and no one's really celebrating it. No one's really acknowledging it. So I was like, my platform has to, to do that. These stories have to be told. And, and so we've been telling them every week, <laughs> every week I get to interview, you know, the best and brightest black beauty bosses and that are doing amazing things in the industry. And it is top, you know, topic based, you know, each month I, you know, a decision on kind of what's, what needs to be talked about in our industry. And so we've had some amazing conversations, even just from this year with, you know, our salon success series, we're on hair loss right now. It's like last month we talked about textured hair, you know, from a lot of different aspects and a lot of different angles. And so it's, um, it's definitely uh, something I'm super committed to. I feel like I've got like five years worth of guests. So when you ask, (laughs) how do I narrow it down? It's like, it's not always easy. Definitely a lot of people I really want to talk to and have conversations. And the list keeps growing because I keep meeting amazing people. Like every week I'm meeting new people and I'm like, wow, like we've got to tell these stories as well. So there's a lot. That was actually one of the questions that we had, which is, I mean, we know that this series is coming up um, and we are encouraging all of our listeners to make sure that they are listening for the month of May, but they should listen all the time. So what else is in store for beauty superstars? I mean, you've mentioned the list keeps growing in terms of guests these conversations keep evolving into other areas. Like what can we expect beyond this series, which again, everybody must listen to. (laughs) Thank you, Jeffrey. Um, Yes. Well, June is like, we are going to be focusing on your online success because as hairstylists, you know, last year we were shut down. It's like, you can no longer do what you normally do to generate income. So what are your options? And so we're going to talk about social media. We're going to talk about um, setting up like online stores. We're going to talk about how you um, take the knowledge that you have and monetize it online. So we're going to have a lot of fun um, that that month, that's June. And then we're going to go into, um, I think it's double, double trouble. So I'm going to talk with a lot of people who are excelling in cutting and coloring. It's like, they're just like masters of it all and see, you know, what are their secrets to success and where are they going from there? And we may have a legends series. I did one last year. I love meeting with the legends um, of the industry and I try to get at least one in every month, but um, there's so many that I want to get to, um, you know, quickly as, as I can to, to capture their stories while they can tell their stories. And so I think it's so important for us just to, you know, to capture the history of the industry as well as, you know, keep moving forward to, you know, greater heights with everything that we are doing. All right, Mickey. So tell our listeners how they can find out more. Where can they watch, listen, comment, sign up for email, all of those good things. Yeah, well, definitely um, go to beautysuperstars.com 
And it stars with an S on the end, beautysuperstars.com. And you'll be able to sign up and we'll send you reminders each week um, for the upcoming guests. So you'll never miss any. Um, also, if you aren't able to join us live, it's like you can actually watch them uh, on the um, beautysuperstars.com site as well. Right. And um, if you can join us live, it's like we encourage you to bring your questions, your comments, and you know any thoughts and things that you are experiencing or um, you know hearing as you're listening and watching the the interviews. Amazing, incredible. Well, Mickey, we want to thank you for coming back to the podcast. We could not be more proud of and appreciative of the work that you're doing. It is so vital and important. Um, the beauty diversity continued conversation will be happening throughout May with Beauty Superstars Talk. Please, everybody, go. If you are not already subscribing, you absolutely should. We're going to be linking out as much as possible in our show notes to get you all over there to listen to the combos that Mickey's going to be happening throughout the month of May. Thank you again for joining us. We were so happy to have been part of a small part of this combo with you. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate you both, you know, Jeffrey and Kelly um, to, for having me back and I love the teas. And so, um, yeah, anyone who wants to join us, they can just go to beautysuperstars.com and actually um, get on the list. It's like, we'll remind you each Tuesday and we do them live. So you actually can watch us and you can ask questions and add comments. So it's um, a lot of fun as well as, you know, it's like, if you miss it, you can watch the replay, of course. Um, but it is nice when we have the interaction on on there. So, you know, we encourage you to get on the list and we'll keep you posted with, with everything that's going on as well as maybe throw in a few business tips for you as well. So. Hey, that never hurts, mm -hmm. right? <laughs> <laughs> Plenty of reasons to listen. You got it. <laughs> Thank you. Oh. So Mickey has got a lot going on and kudos to her for bringing all of those powerful voices together um, in the month of May. I'm really looking forward mm -hmm. to listening to her Beauty Superstars talk podcast. Absolutely. Such important conversations to be had. Uh, and we are thrilled that she's spearheading this. And we are equally happy to be supporting, uh, amplifying, and making sure that our listeners are aware of what's going on. Thank you so much to Mickey for joining us. And take a look at our show notes for all of the people, all of the guests that were mentioned, uh, so you guys can find and follow them. Be sure to hit subscribe, rate, and review, and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok at Read the Tease and send in questions to volume up at thetease.com. Volume Up is a Tease Media production. This episode was produced by Monica Hickey and Stephen Jodorand. Thank you to our creative team for putting together the graphics for this episode and Josh Landowski for editing so you can watch and listen on YouTube.